Welcome into the OVC Extra Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Schwartz, Assistant Commissioner for Strategic Communications at the Ohio Valley Conference. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, you can find us wherever you download your podcast with complete information at ovcsports.com slash podcast. Episode 36 features Tennessee State head softball coach Janae McGrath. McGrath enters her first year as the Tigers head coach after spending the past two seasons as an assistant with the program. Among the topics we discuss are her collegiate playing career, her path into coaching, the family atmosphere around her program, her goals for TSU, and what she loves most about being a coach. Now, my conversation with Janae McGrath. Well, Coach, thanks for your time and joining us on the OVC podcast this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be in the be having this conversation with you this morning. Well, we're, you know, softball season's right around the corner. So we're recording this right before the 2022 season. So just talk about that excitement. You know, we've had, uh, uh, it's been a while since last year, obviously we're, we're a year plus removed from the, the season getting canceled. So a fresh start, you're taking over as head coach at TSU, just uh, all the excitement that goes into that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement just um, having a full season and having the girls being able to be on campus both fall and now in spring and having that fall ball experience to at least be able to kind of see what are some of the things that they needed to fix and correct and things of that nature. So um, I think the excitement of getting back to some form of normalcy is big for them, right? Um, but I mean, for me, especially being named the head coach here recently, this is a very exciting time, but it's also a um, gut-wrenching at the same time, not in a bad way, but just like there's so many things that I see and I know we have the capability of doing with this program, but also keeping those things in check and making sure that we're not putting um, too much in front of just doing the basics and building the relationship. So I think the excitement for me is being able to put my own stamp and also letting the girls put their own stamp on this program. And therefore, we have something that we can move forward with with longevity and not just trying to come in here and correct something. And then next year, you're trying to do something else like we're trying to make a permanent fix and not just a temporary solution. I want to kind of take take our listeners back. And talk about, uh, you know, your uh, playing career. You played uh, at Ole Miss. So what is that experience like to play, you know, in the SEC for softball and uh, at really the highest level? And, you know, when when you were playing, did you ever think, you know, I'm going to be a collegiate head softball coach someday? Did that ever come into your mind? No, it didn't. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, Ole Miss was great. Um, It it was tough. It definitely um, gave me perspective on college sports. Right. I think a lot of student athletes, when you're in high school or on your travel ball team, you know that you're one of the best players, if not the best players. So you're kind of in this little bubble Um, and you may be like a little bit above some of your other teammates or, you know, you may just have a good niche or whatever it is that you do. But, you know, coming to the SEC, everybody's coming for you. Everybody on your team is competing every single day. So that environment of competitiveness is embedded in you. It's like day one. It's just there. It's not something that you necessarily have to learn. It's something that the expectation is already set before you get there. Um, so that that definitely was a huge experience for me because um, I think most freshmen, you come in and you're like, okay, I got this. And then it's a wake up call. Those, those 5.30 a.m., you know, trying to be at the weight room. It's definitely no six o'clock show up at the weight room. It's you got to stretch, be ready to go. Um, six o'clock and you're starting. So just getting into the routine and having accountability for yourself um, I think that was huge for me, and it, it 
taught me some things. And then my, my career didn't go as planned. I had an injury um, end of sophomore season going into junior year. So that kind of changed the trajectory of what I just thought about what my career was going to look like. But I think that's also something that a lot of people don't go into understanding that you wish for this outcome to be magnificent. But reality is some people have injuries, you know, life happens. We're going through COVID nobody expected this. So you have to be able to kind of be flexible and know like what your purpose is and why you're really at a school to begin with. But all, all in all, Ole Miss is great. I love it. Um, I still support the program. Uh, we've got a good alumni base there. Uh, but it also taught me a lot of things that I'm able to implement at TSU now. Um, but then as far as being a coach, no, I never, ever, ever wanted to be a coach. Um, my father was a coach my whole life. Um, he's actually a high school AD now in Memphis, Tennessee. So I grew up in sports. My brother's a coach. It was just, you know, something that was around me all the time. So I almost was like, I don't want to do this because everybody else is doing it. So just kind of um, trying to go away from it, work, you know, in the government for some time. But sports is what I know. It's what I'm comfortable with. It's my lane. Um, and eventually I worked my way back, you know, from high school ball, travel ball, and then kind of got the niche for the collegiate space. But, you know, it took some time to get here, but I'm here now and, you know, I'm ready to roll with it. Well, and you also did some private instruction, correct? Does that sort of fuel the fire? You see how those people are doing in, in the one-on-one -on -one scenario or situation, maybe and you're like, well, that maybe, you know, I've, I've done well here. I want to be that that'll help me be a, a better coach. Um, I think that that pushed me in this in a space to where I saw that if you wanted to play college softball, you can. There's a school for any athlete that wants to play. Um, I think honestly, what pushed me to wanting to fulfill the coaching at the collegiate level was my husband. Um, my husband played professional football. And he did some stints in the college coach. And I was like, hmm, I kind of wonder what this would be like for me. And, you know, he got to a point where he was like, I just want to focus on the high school football. And so then he was like, but if this is something you want to do, I think you should definitely go after it. So having his support was definitely kind of the nudge um, that pushed me to kind of go after, you know, the opportunities. Your husband, Gerald. So for our Tennessee Titans fans that are listening, uh, we'll remember him. So you mentioned he went, you know, college to high school. So then you kind of went from high school to college. We did. You joined the TSU staff as an assistant in the fall of 2019. So what's that, what's that leap like going from high school to, to the college level? Um, it, honestly, for me, it, it really wasn't that big of a difference. Um, because for me, I'm always about the players first. So I always want to make sure that there's a genuine relationship between me and the players. I think, in high school, there was obviously less rules. NCAA, I could do more with the girls. We kind of, you know, that restraint wasn't as big. No Kara, things like that. Um, but the basis of what I want to do and how I want to build it is really with the relationships. You're not going to get a player to play for you or to want to build or buy into your vision until they trust you. And so for me, it's always been about building that trust with each and every player, um, each and every recruit that I speak with. So that was the niche. So as far as going from high school to college, it wasn't a, so much of a big difference as far as my approach. I think the biggest difference was honestly thinking that the college athlete knew way more than 
what I expected them to know. So putting them on this pedestal of, okay, you know how to do this, 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 and this, where in the high school, I automatically assume you don't know this, so let me just break it down. And so I think I had to kind of bring that in and say, maybe they know it, but maybe they don't know the language that you're saying again. So just break it down, make it simple so that they understand it. And if they have questions, they can come to you. So I think that was probably the biggest transition for me um, in regards to my approach. And we kind of alluded to it. So you, t- you come to TSU, that's the 1920 season that it gets cut short, obviously. So you're with the team last year as an assistant, but now you're the head coach. So then what's that transition like high school to, to, to college? Now the assistant chair to the, you know, the, the, the first step in the uh, dugout, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of weight on your shoulders. Um, and I think honestly, sometimes it's the weight that you put there yourself as a head coach. I don't think necessarily people are putting it there. Um, I think it's just what I put on my own shoulders. And for me, I'm super competitive. When I say super competitive, I mean, if we're at Chuck E. Cheese with our youngest daughter, then my husband and I are on the ski ball. We're like, I got you. We're playing basketball. You suck. Like we are like definitely that family that is super competitive in everything. Like who can get to this location the fastest, but safe, you know, but if everything is a competition, who can wash dishes the fastest? Like that's just the competitive nature in us. But um, I think that coming into this, Hey road, it's like, I see the vision that I saw when I first got here. I see what this could be. Now my vision has changed obviously from an assistant to a head coach, but what I saw the could be here, the capabilities of what we could have, it's like, okay, I see it clear. And now I can kind of put my own stamp on this and kind of add to the staff, you know, the recruits, you know, all of that and put our own little stamp on that. But it's fun because you've got the opportunity to impact young women in a way that maybe they didn't see themselves. Right. Um, One thing about me, I don't sugarcoat anything. So I'm not going to talk to any of our student athletes, any potential student athletes and make it seem like TSU has this rich softball history. I think that's where you go wrong. Like you can't sit here and pretend that we've been doing great. And hey, you know, like come join in. That's not true. Like you, you have to put it out as what it is. We've been struggling. Right. The last time that the program had over 15 wins was in 2014. And so you've got to address the issues that are at hand and tackle them head on. So I'm straight up with our girls. I let them know, look, this is where we are. Now we've got to make a formative plan of where we want to be. And it's going to take you guys. I've had my playing career. All of our coaches have had their playing careers, but this has to be a player led team. You guys have to want to show up here. I tell our coaches every day when we meet, like, we're here because we want to be here. If you're not here because you don't want to be, or you don't want to be here, then this is the wrong place because if you're showing up for them or if you're showing up for some other reason, at some point it's going to dwindle down. You're going to get upset with them. They're not going to do something that you asked them to do. And then you're going to be frustrated and that's going to show. But if you're showing up every day because you truly want to be here and if they're showing up every day because they truly want to be here, then we're starting to progress into what we can really build. So I think, you know, for me in the head coach role, it's more about setting some foundations, um, having expectations, you know, letting them know, like, I expect you guys to overproduce. I expect us to win. I expect you to do the little small things right. Um, And I think once we kind of get into that and they are 100% on board, then 
the sky's the limit for where you can go with this program. I mean, we're in Nashville. Like, who doesn't want to come to Nashville right now? It's like the hopping and sitting in the country. So, I mean, you've got that going for you. Um, we've got a new AD. This is going into his second year. Uh, Dr. Allen, he's doing big things with the program. You're seeing the changes at Tennessee State in the athletic department all around. You're seeing football. You're seeing men's and women's basketball. Volleyball got off to a good start this year in their building. So you're seeing not just one sport, but you're seeing the vision for all sports. And so we've got a whole thing. We've got to do our part, too. How do you, when you take over, you obviously are going to have short-term, intermediate, and long-term goals. So, and everybody wants to win the championship, but how do you set goals that are, you know, in this first year, those things you just mentioned, how do you not set your, I don't know, expectations too high, but how do you develop or set those goals for this year and with still look into what you want to do two years, three years, 10 years down the road? Right. I think um, it's consistency, right? So I'm not going to sit out here and tell our girls, hey, like we've got to win 42 games this year that's not realistic. You've you got to put it to a goal that's tangible for them. And in a space that if, and when they meet failure, that they're prepared to bounce back because this is a game of failure. Everybody knows that everybody says it and we understand that. So I think for us, it is simply our goals are to compete every single pitch. So we have to make it simple. You make it simple and then you continue to build on that. So we have to get in a mindset. We compete at practice. Our practice styles are way different than what they were. We have more up-tempo, making it as game-like as possible. We're trying to create the environment that they're going to be in every single game. And so we're giving them realistic expectations. When we do situations and things of that nature, we don't just continue to do something until they pass it. If you fail, you fail. Now, how do you respond? And so for us, it is making tangible goals. You know, for us, I said earlier, we haven't had 15 wins since 2014. That's our first goal. That's a short-term goal. That's a realistic goal that we can meet. And we're not putting something that is, you know, stressful on the girls. We're not saying, hey, you got to go win 27 games. And they're like, but coach, we just won nine games last year. Like, and the year before that, you know, like it was five, like, where or not five it was seven um you know where where are you coming up with this so you you can't throw a number out there to them that they're like hmm, really so we have to keep it in perspective and so that's just what we're doing we're building a mentality where it's a championship mentality we're creating an environment where they want to show up every day and they love being here they have fun at practice regardless if they're failing or if they're winning um, I mean, even yesterday we had a practice and it was a fail pass situation. They had six innings. We didn't win the game, but it didn't kill their spirits. You know, they understood what they were doing. And I promise you, they'll show up and be better today when we go at it again. So it's just creating those expectations that are realistic. And then you do that and you build consistency. And so if we're saying 15 is the number that we want to get this year, right? All right. We get 15 this year. Next year, I'm not going to say, hey, we want to get 20. No, we want to get 15. We want to consistently build that because if we consistently can get that 15, you'll get 20. You'll get 21. You'll inch that number up. But if you say, oh, we want 15, let's just jump it up to 25 now. And then you're putting the pressure on them that they have to get there. And so if you're midway through the season and it's not looking like we're in that number space, then how? What are, the, are they feeling the defeat? You know, it's it's like a baby. You've got to got to put some soft hands around this baby and massage it a little bit to get it where you want it. Now, when we get to the point where we have a well-oiled machine, then hey, okay, yeah, we're we've been at twenty. Now it's time to push the envelope. 
But I think that comes with time. And I think sometimes what coaches do is you have these high expectations in your head and you're like, we can do this, we can do this. And you, you skip a step. You, you have a great foundation, but then you're like, we're going to skip three steps because we had an awesome season. But then what happens when you go down? You never really built those levels in between. So you've got to go all the way back down and try to build it back up. Like we want to make it to, if we fall, we just fall one step. And now we just got to get right back up. Not we took a plummet and now we got to be like, okay, somebody send the rescue team in. How do we get out of this? So I think that's pretty much how we look at it. Well, you talked a little bit about the, about the recruiting. So when you're out there making the sales pitch to, uh, and, and building these relationships, what do you, what do you sell about TSU? You mentioned some of the things, but what makes TSU special? And then the second part of that, I want to ask, you know, about being an HBCU and, and how you're, when you're recruiting uh, players out there, how that helps too. And, and the special part of being a coach at an HBCU. Right. Um, I think that we sell family. That's, I come from a big family. I'm one of seven. You know, I spoke about my dad, my whole family is in athletics. Um, but my dad preached that to us day in and day out consistently. Like you're going to support each other. You're always going to be there for your family. And so he would always tell us, um, you may not like each other all the time. You guys may even get into fights or whatever the case is, but you better always respect each other. And if you respect each other, you're always going to want what's best for your family. And so that's the same message that I send to our team. You guys, are, you guys don't have to be best friends. You don't have to always hang out and be in the best of situations and all that, but you have to have respect for each other. And you have to want what's best for your teammates, right? Because as a family, we're not going to always see the eye to eye. They're not going to always agree with the decisions that I make or the coaching staff makes or whatever the case may be. But if they trust that we have their best interest at heart, if they know that we're going hundred percent for them each and every day, then they're going to be able to respect the decision. That doesn't mean you like it, but you can respect it. And you know, they're trying to do what's best for the team and the greater good for us. So I think that's the message that we send to the recruits is that this is a family. Like this isn't a situation where you're just a number. We don't have that luxury. And honestly, I don't want that. We want you to feel that you're an individual, but you're a part of this team because without you, we're not a team. And without the team, who are you? And so we're selling that and we're selling that you're going to get us like we're hands on. Uh, you're going to get the same quality coaching that you would get anywhere else. We've got the experience. Um, it's just about do you want to go somewhere and put your own stamp on it? But I think the biggest thing we sell is just the communication. Like I am involved in every recruit that we speak with. Like they're not just getting off, pushed off or not necessarily pushed off, but some, you know, programs you may have like this coach looks for outfielders, this coach position wise, um, or it may be similar to like how football does. You got, you know, people that operate in certain spaces and this region of the country and, you know, how that goes. But for us, it, it's we all talk about it. We have our board. We sit down and talk about what our needs are. We address it. I mean, my husband played football, so and coach, so I kind of, I say we kind of look at it in a similar way as like football. And they have their boards and what their needs are and what's coming out and who's coming in and this. That's exactly how we have it. You know, we talk about it. You know, what do you think about this kid? How do we see this kid fitting into our puzzle? Is this the right kid for our mix? You know, you could be the most talented kid, but we need energy. If your energy is low, that may not be a perfect fit for us. So you may come here and it's not the best place. So you have to look for us in building this program. We've got to look past the athletic ability. We've got to look into how do they get along with their teammates? Like if they're not playing, how big is their spark? 
what are they going to bring to this program? Like, are they going to come in and compete right away? Like, I literally want kids that are going to come in and have a comp- competitive mindset and are ready to go day one. Um, not kind of like, well, let me sit in the backgrounds and see if I should follow along and what she's doing because she's an upperclassman. Like, we want we want to stir it up a little bit. We want to compete as soon as you walk on the uh, campus. Um, so I think, you know, but all in all, family is going to be what is going to be the biggest thing for us, the family and what we're building. Um, so I think that is the recruiting spill from that aspect. But then from a standpoint of coaching um, at an HBCU and how that looks, um, I guess I kind of have two perspectives on this to, to some degree. Um, obviously, I didn't go to an HBCU. This was my first experience in any capacity, minus I've always went to the Southern Heritage Classic, which is the Tennessee State, Jackson State football game. I grew up in Memphis, so I might as well have went to Tennessee State because we went to the game every year. Um, my parents still go to the game to this day. Some of our softball girls came to my parents' tent and ate and all of that this year. Um, but I think sometimes in the softball world, we say HBCU softball and it almost diminishes, in my viewpoint, that it's a mid-major. It's almost like you separate the two. Like you've got HBCU softball and you've got mid-major softball. And in my eyes, they're the same. Like I'm going for the same recruits as the other people in our conference or Western Kentuckys or, you know, Miami, Ohio, whoever it is. I'm going after these same recruits. I mean, I'm going to, honestly, I'm going after anybody that, Looks like they can help our program out. If you're supposed to be going to UCLA, Ole Miss, or wherever you are, Tennessee, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but I think that there's this this like little narrative, like it's HBCU softball, and then there's mid-major. And I think sometimes that almost makes it look like you play a different style of softball. You're not going to get the same quality coaching, or you're not going to get um, – the same opportunities to play certain teams or things like that. Like there's a whole mix up and I'm still trying to unpack all of this myself. Um, But I don't like that. I I don't, I don't think that's true. I know, you know, I've met some of the coaches that are at HBCUs and they're building programs. They're trying to do the same thing that we're trying to do. They're trying to get the same kids that some of the bigger mid majors are going after you know, and all of that. But I think when the narrative is always spoken from a standpoint of HBCU softball and then mid-major, you're creating a separation that's not true. Um, And so I think that's that part. But then there is the part that it is different. Like you can't take away from the culture. The culture at HBCU is just different. Um, It's very family first. They're very uh, proud of the university. Any alumni that I ever have had the opportunity to speak to about Tennessee State University, it it is a pride that you couldn't pay somebody to have. Like, regardless of what they what their experience was like, you know, if they didn't have all the bells and whistles, they still support the university. They still show up and want to be a part of it. And I think for us specifically for softball, it's uh, bridging that bridging the alumni support for the university and having that come down to the softball side to say, hey, we're here and we want to build relationships with you guys. Um, but I think, you know, the HBCUs for me, it gives me an opportunity to be um, out there and for girls that look like me, right? I can't take away from the fact that I'm a black woman. Um, I've played softball my whole life. 
or a lot of my life. But at a point, like I was the only one on a team or I could only, I didn't see anybody at a tournament that looked like me. I never played for a coach that looked like me. Um, so I didn't have those opportunities. So presenting that, that space where these student athletes can not only come to a place where they feel comfortable and welcome, but they can play for a coach that understands them and looks like them. But now I'm playing for a coach that understands me, but I'm also playing for a coach that has high-level experience. And I'm playing for a staff that has high-level experience. So I'm not missing the things. Okay, what about who they play? Well, I looked at their schedule and they're playing the Floridas. They're playing the Texas A&M. They're playing Oklahoma State. Like, okay, so I'm going to get that same experience too. So now it's like, okay, we're trying to take away all the things that people may point out as a negative to go to an HBCU and say, no, we're doing the same thing. Like, you're going to have to show up and show out the same way you would anywhere else. So let's, you know, come join us. Come be a part of what we're doing. Um, but I think that the HBCU experience is second to none. I mean, we can take, you got, you look at the recent football, uh, Travis Hunter, I believe that's his name, the commit that flipped from Florida State to Jackson State. And I heard Dion say that, you know, they let him come to Jackson State for a homecoming weekend. There's no coming back from that. If you come to an HBCU during homecoming weekend, there's no coming back. Like you can pack it up. If they're on the fence and they come that weekend, yeah, we're in the game for sure. Um, but I think, you know, this is a, a bigger situation. It unpacks in many different ways. Um, but for me, I just want to show that myself, our staff, our players, that we're going to play softball. This isn't rec ball for us. We're not taking this as a joke. We're coming out to show that we get up and we work just as hard as you. And we're prepared the same way. So, you know, hey, let's go seven innings and let's see who's going to come out on top. I, I can already tell just from our brief conversation, your energy, and I'm excited. I, I, I want to come out and play softball for you. But what do you like most about being a coach then? If you had to say one thing, what is it? The impact on the young women. You know, it's not for four years. This is the lifetime impact. You know, wanting to see what they do with their lives and having the ability to be some sort of role model or um, influencer and just being able to support them. I've always had great support in my life. And so I think without them, I'm not where I am today. Being able to give that to our, our young women, our players, you know, we let them come up. We have an open door policy. They can come talk to us about any and everything. And when I say they talk to us about any and everything, it is any and everything. Uh, one of our players came up here yesterday talking about, she was like, oh, coach, I have a question. And was like, okay. <laughs> And she was like, I think we need a team dog. And I was like, okay. I mean, she's got the dog picked out, how it's going to work, who's going to take care of the dog when we're gone. Um, but for her to feel comfortable to even be able to come up here and talk to us about that, you know, whether it's family situations, whether it's classroom, whether it's playing, you know, we want to have that environment where, you know, they know that we're here to support them. Because as I said to begin with, when you support people, people will show up for you. Well, I'm going to two more questions and, and, and we'll let you go. Uh, so you had last season, obviously, you got to see the OVC. So what's your impression then overall of the OVC going into this season and those teams you'll be competing with in uh, conference play? Um, I think, you know, obviously last year was my first time seeing the OVC. And even honestly, I don't remember us 
anybody in the OVC when I was at Ole Miss. So in my head, this was like my first opportunity of being able to kind of see our competition. Um, and so I think that for me, it, it was two things. Okay, we can compete. We can compete in this conference. We are not going to be the last team in the conference or second to last. Like we can change this. You know, I, I see that. And it, it's like, I know we can do this. Um, but at the same token, I think sometimes the notion that we have less than at TSU kind of gets put out there. And being able to see some of the other OVC teams, I was like, wait, we're we in the same ballpark. Like, it, it's not this big of a difference. And I was falling into the whole he say, she say, and hearsay and all of that, uh, but I hadn't seen it. And so being able to put my eyes on it, I was like, okay, yeah. Oh, do this. You know, I'm, we got this. And so that was that part of it. But then also seeing the competition, you've got good competition in the OVC. You're not, it's not just this rec ball. Like, I think sometimes people just, when you hear mid-major, it's like, okay, they're not taking it serious. Um, you've got teams that are vying to get to that number one spot and have that kind of hold to be able to go through the tournament and get that automatic bid into, you know, the um, softball, the, um, my brain is going haywire, but um, the, be one of those 64. Um, and so I think that you've got teams that are trying to up their competition level to up their chances that if you don't get that automatic bid, then maybe you can get in a different way, right? Um, and so I think that's, that's a bit of what I was exposed to last year of seeing that, okay, everybody's here ready to go. Like everybody wants to put their name and put the conference on a, on a pedestal where, Hey, like we've got more than just two teams that are competing. Like you're going to have to compete with every single team in this conference when you go up against them. Um, so I think that was a good you know, first year kind of be able to see what the competition level was and understanding what each team is trying to build and bring for their respective program, but also for the conference as a whole. Well, we've talked about softball, and you, but you've mentioned your family a couple of times. So what do you do for fun when you're not coaching softball with, with your family? Watch softball. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that answer. That's, that's a good answer. No, um, I mean, well, so if it's, I have, my oldest daughter was my husband, and myself, and we've got two girls. Our oldest daughter is 14 and we've got our youngest daughter is three. So Blake is the youngest. She's the boss. We do whatever she tells us to do pretty much. Um, my oldest daughter, she's in high school. She's playing sports. Um, so, you know, my husband is pretty much being, you know, super dead right now because he's having to get to her sports and, you know, be there to support me as well. But, we like to travel. Um, so that's been kind of, yeah, with COVID. But we really just like to sit around and hang out with each other. We watch sports. Uh, we dialogue about sports. We're a sports family. And even when I bring my, my parents and my siblings into the mix, like literally we watch sports and talk about sports all the time. Um, <laughs> we're, we're a real sports family, I guess you could say. But we enjoy each other's company. Like we like being around each other. So it's not hard. Like we can get around and just hang out, have fun, um, you know, relax. My dad is going to critique everything about softball. He'll tell me what he thought I did wrong or who should have been in there or I was too hard on this player. And I'm like, last time I checked that, I know you've had two girls to play college softball, 
but you're a basketball coach. So just leave this to me for a little bit. But I mean, we just love each other and we love being around each other. That's awesome. So can you, when you're, you know, you've put your coach hat off and your mom sitting in the stands, can you take the coach part away? Can you just be mom watching or, or does that coach mentality in your, in your head? See, that's tricky. And if you were to ask my oldest daughter, she would say, definitely not. Neither me or her father understands how to do that. Um, we're just competitive. So like, even if she's playing a sport, uh, basketball is definitely not the space because my husband doesn't know much about basketball. He probably argue with me about this, but he doesn't. Um, I played basketball in high school. I come from a basketball family. Both my brothers play or two of my brothers play collegiately. Um, dad coached and obviously still involved in it. So I think that in basketball, I know too much. So when she doesn't do something like I'm like yelling from stands. And so I literally sit with my phone in my hand and I'm doing stuff on my phone and I have to tell my husband, it is not to not be focused on the game, but it's so I don't yell at her because she doesn't like it. Um, but she plays volleyball and she runs track as well. Track, not really my cup of tea. Volleyball, definitely don't know anything. So the only thing we can yell about is effort. And so she'll hear that from us. We'll be like, no, you didn't give 100% effort. I know you can run faster than that. She's like, in volleyball, she's like, but that's not what I was supposed to do. And I'm like, well, maybe that wasn't the shift that she was supposed to be doing. So let me just stay out of this. But um, yeah, it's hard to take that coach's hat. When she told me she didn't want to play softball, I was like, great. No problem. Now the baby girl, I think we're going to have a problem because I, I really think she's going to be into softball. And I think we're going to butt heads real quick, but yeah, I think that's hard for any parent that's supposed to really sit in the stands and not, you know, want to just help your kids, especially when you see like that they could be doing much more. But my dad was talking to me and I don't know if he's got this epiphany because he's older now he's in the grandfather stage, but you know, he was just like, you got to let her do her. It'll come around. And in my head, I was like, well, where were you when I was playing? Like, <laughs> Where was that letter do her? But I try to embody that now. Like I try to just kind of sit in the stands and just watch and bite my tongue and have my phone ready so I can just divert. Well, I think they have the best of both worlds. So they got loving parents who have that coaching thing. So when they need it, it's there and, and you, you can help them. So I, I think you're doing it right. But um, well, I appreciate your time uh, right here before the softball season starts. And we're going to wish you warm weather, right? Good weather yeah. and yeah. Uh, just the best of luck to the to the Tigers this year during the softball season. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me just to be able to talk about Tennessee State University, the softball program, our athletic department, where we're going. Um, we're definitely looking for Tigers. So we're going to be out there like, coming to a city near you after season. But we're going to find them and we're ready to get this program moving in the right direction. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Have a good one. That was my conversation with Janae McGrath. I love the enthusiasm and passion she has for coaching and the sport of softball. She's going to do big things for the TSU program. If you have a suggestion for your future guest, reach out to us on Twitter at OVC Sports. Remember to find us on your favorite podcast platform and like and subscribe to help us spread the word. You can visit ovcsports.com slash podcast for information on this podcast, as well as find links to all of our school produced podcasts. Until next time, take care.